Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 136. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. And this week we are joined by Adam from Go Figure. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, each week on the Geeks Unleashed podcast, we bring you some geeky news and we catch up on our pop culture lives, as well as bring you a review of something adapted from the comic book or game world. And before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would also love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also very much love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Uh, also, please feel free to donate to our Ko-Fi. Any funding at all is much appreciated. So, um, Before we get started, I uh, just want to introduce Adam from Go Figure, who actually joined us really weirdly about just under two years ago. Uh, this is your second appearance. Um, the first episode was where we discussed Masters of the Universe. So um, that it's amazing sweet. classic of a movie that it well, is. Right. Well, so, I'm, I'm odd man out here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm uh, about 80% of the way through a video that I'm making where I uh, continue the 87 uh, movie toys. So they made three of the figures from that movie. So I've made a movie version of Castle Grayskull and He-Man and Skeletor and a couple other things. And after we do that, I'm going to do release my video. And then we're going to go to my, my buddy's channel and do a retrospective on, on the movie. So we've invited Mark to come on the movie uh, and discuss Fun. it. Oh, but I didn't so invite cool. you guys because we don't we don't invite haters. That's, that's understandable. <laughs> that's understandable. I'm not going to deny it. Um, for, for those that uh, are just obviously new to yourself, Adam, do you want to just quickly introduce yourself and what you do on your channel? Yeah, so um, I'm over at Go Figure, and so my channel is just all about uh, restoration. We take old uh, toys from like the 80s, the late 70s, and, and early 90s, and uh, that need love and attention and are kind of junked, and we kind of restore them. We do custom stuff. Um, the idea is to get them back on the shelf, and we have a, a lot of fun doing it. And we, I do some episodes. We, we talk toys and whatnot, um, but it's all about uh, fun. We are a drama-free area where we just have cool people come on and talk about cool things. Um, we do a, a monthly show, or sorry, yeah, uh, we try and get two, three episodes in a month uh, called Mo Tuesday, where we do a, a Mo Two morning show. And oh, cool. uh, there's a guy from Japan and from uh, Australia who also hosts. So for them, it's Mo Tuesday Night Live. So we have a bit of a feud going on, um, whether it's a morning <laughs> show or a, a late night show. Um, but we do that. So yeah, all the stuff uh, on my channel is going to be 80s toys based and uh, fun is a must. Sounds amazing. It's like, so cool. Like that that that's a hobby that you have picked up just to like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we took this old toy and like made it awesome again? I think that's great. We're trying. We're trying our best. <laughs> I think one of my pet hates for toys was like, you know, um, and you and I know I've seen this on your videos, is uh, the rubber band that goes from the body that holds the legs on. Like, and there's a lot yep. of toys where the rubber band breaks. And as a kid, it was like, Well, what do I do now? Like, are they just disabled? Like, so yes. that's kind yeah. of what, sure, what they are unusable. Uh, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see the collection behind me. So I have uh, a Masters of the Universe collection where I'm only missing one figure to complete it, and it'll be every every figure um, plus about twenty customs. But I would say ninety percent have had their rubber band replaced. It is a, uh, it was it's been a, a nightmare to first do it, but I've um, designed up some stuff, and so I get I can do it now in about six minutes i can change them so that's been the evolution of my channel learning how to do that faster like well, how long did it take your speed oh. video of that where's the speed run of you doing the rubber band in six minutes 
I could, uh, that'd be great to do a speed run. So on my, on my channel, if you watch all the Motu stuff, you'll see the evolution of, of what I've done. So now I actually, so it used to be, um, there'd be like a piece of rubber with two ball ends on it. And it was a nightmare to get uh, into the leg and then through the, through the waist. And then like, it, it would take about half an hour to do it. And you were always scared you're going to break the toy doing it because it's such a finicky thing. Um, but so I've come up with these little plugs that I've designed and printed off. Now I use an O-ring and a hook system. And so they're just as tight and it takes about six minutes to do. So check so, out my channel if you want to see that. And I've, I've watched quite a few <laughs> of your videos on, on your channel. Like I, I enjoy watching your uh, collection and what you do with them and everything. And I, I, I love the music. The theme tune is brilliant. Like, <laughs> I wish I wrote it and sang it. People are always like, your theme song's the best. I'm like, it's, it's, it was a, a guy, a Canadian singer-songwriter that I met when I worked at a music store. And mm -hmm. he came in, he's, a, he's a, like a Canadian, he's a, I say he's the best kept secret in Canada. His name's Danny Michelle. He, his music is top shelf. Um, so I reached out to him because he had this song and I wanted to use it as my theme song. And so I said, hey, do you mind if I use this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, just just, uh, just make sure you credit me for it. And I was like, you don't want anything to use it? He was, no, no. But he's a big Star Trek fan. So I sent him some Star Trek figures as a payment to <laughs> to use his theme song. So I well, think I it's the most dope thing I've ever done. I bet you love Yeah. I've actually got some disappointing news for you, Adam, which is disappointing for me. Did you see that um, Netflix, who were going to make a Master of the Universe live action movie after spending 30 million US dollars, have dropped it and they are no longer they moving forward? It. Yeah. And that's not bad news. That's good news. <laughs> I, I want I, I, I want a, a passionate filmmaker to take that. So did you see the press release from Mattel where they said that they want Masters of the Universe to be as big as a franchise as DC or Marvel. Oh yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. They're really rallying behind it. And I think they're gonna you know, put some money in there, but I think they need, I think they need to not just throw money at it, but throw passion at it. I, I think that there is a world where a, a Masters of the Universe movie comes out that's not a lot of, not a lot of special effects, kind of like a, a throwback to the Beastmaster or the Conan the Barbarian, like a, like a in-camera effect heavy movie is out there to really to really be a great masters movie so if uh, if mattel's listening give me a call <laughs> this is like something we say all the time we're like it if is, they're listening it's so true. Like, yo if you, just reach uh, out to us we will put you in touch with adam please like right. he's, he's got some ideas okay and they're not free but you reach out to us anyway they're not free but they are cheap in the grand scheme of things Mattel. Yes, you're good this exactly. is an investment you want to make yes i can't remember the actor but they the guy whoever they had who was going to be he-man Wow, yeah. he looked puny. Like I think maybe he was going to be Adam. Like if Adam was going to then change to He Man. Like, if I was, I know uh, we're talking about Batman and Robin tonight. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. But if I was going to cast um, He Man, it would be the guy who played Aquaman in Smallville. Oh, he was just uh, oh, Justin. Um, yeah. Oh, I can't remember. No, 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 no. That was Green. That was oh, that Arrow. That's Arrow. That's no, that's Green. Green that's Arrow. Arrow. That was Green Arrow. I know who you're talking about. He was um, oh, uh, uh, Jack Reacher. Either. They made a Jack, Jack Reacher. He was the new Jack Reacher. Yeah, the new Jack Reacher. Yeah, he would be a good He-Man. He'd be perfect. He'd be, he'd be perfect. up for it. If if Amazon had the rights, then he would already be He-Man. We'd be he -Man. We'd be we'd be two movies in. Yeah, exactly. We'd be on the third <laughs> season already. Yeah. Well, hopefully somebody comes and rescues this. But I think we're now a good four or five years away now from a decent yeah. He-Man film. All I'm saying is, if they don't make Dolph Lundgren. King Randor, they've missed the boat. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, they need to bring Dolph Lundgren back somehow. Like he could he, be he, the villain. 
he, <laughs> he's, an, he's an acting talent. Like he, uh, uh, yeah, he make he makes the Expendables. So when um, he yells warning, when he yells warning shot, my family all cheers. Like we just love, <laughs> love that. Moment. Um, the other the other one, and we'll move on in a second. I want to see a live action Thundercats somehow. Like right, that's, that's got to be done. I would love to see what they do makeup wise because I was underwhelmed with the live action cats movie that they did. So was the entire planet. <laughs> but that's uh, uh, like what the, what else would I base uh Thundercats on? Like if you're like so that's think... that's my frame of reference. Like if you're gonna do it, you gotta do better than that. Like you got you have so to So I do think they're gonna do yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna be the like an, an Andy Circus mocap. Yeah, I think it would have to be. It would have to be. I like, think, I think they would have to spend the money and do it the right way. Versus only, yeah. trying to only do for, the practical effects. The only uh, thing I would probably take as a substitute would be some sort of really good animated, um, like with today's animation for Thundercats. So, and that get away from any weird makeup or costumes. So. Honestly, though, if they had the money, if they could get James Cameron and his technology to do it. That would be yeah. a so wicked, wicked version of Thundercats. Yeah, like yeah, Avatar I, would be good. I think James Cameron is best. And don't get me wrong, Avatar is great. It's fantastic. But if he has like a 30% leash on, so when you watch that new Avatar, you're really watching nothing. Like it's all pretend. Like nothing actually physically exists in the real world. Mm-hmm. And I like to have my movies grounded a little bit, a little bit in the like, in-camera effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if, if you watch The 13th Warrior with Antonio Banderas. Oh my which God, is I love that movie. It's so great. Chef Kiss, right? You have to watch it. No, like, yeah, I haven't seen it. The yeah. way that they do the dialogue change when he finally starts to understand the language that they're speaking. Around I the have fire? never, ever, ever seen a film do that so well. That was so brilliant. But that movie will look as good as it did in twenty, or in, it look as good in twenty years as it did on day one, because it's all in camera, real effects, right? They built like a, a Viking village, and they and they did these like swooping crane shots, and so nothing's pretend, so it will always look that good. Mm-hmm. And you know, when when you look at the Mummy that came out in like ninety seven, oh, like yeah. this is great. You look now, you're like, oh, that's oh, a yeah. hard watch, right? And well. so I. It's not age well. So I'm I'm a fan of like in camera stuff. Even like something goofy like Dick Tracy, where they had all the latex effects. It looks great today because it was real. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I said about when we did uh, Batman Forever for the this week's episode or the past week's episode because I thought that the practical effects that they had on Tommy Lee Jones's Two Face yeah. held up pretty well. Versus mm-hmm. right now, I'm not saying like the way that we got Aaron Eckhart in. Um, the Dark Knight was fantastic. Like that looked really cool, but I still thought that the practical effects for on Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face were were held but up fairly say, well. I think, I think in another ten years we're going to look back at the Eckhart effects and be like, oh, yeah, it, it so. shows it shows its age. Yeah. Whereas Tommy um, Lee will always look like that. So, uh, I love that little chat that we've all had, and obviously we've got passion for Thundercats and He Man <laughs> and everything. Um, and I think we probably could just wipe out the rest of the episode and carry on chatting about them, but we won't. And uh, we always, I, before we move on to our main event, we always sort of just go around the room and see if there's anything else we've been watching or reading or doing uh, outside of this. Uh, as you're our guest, Adam, is there anything that you've sort of watched this week or done this week that kind of jumps out at you? If I'm putting you on the spot and you haven't, don't worry. Like, oh, uh, that's, that's fine. I, uh, 
I've been doing uh, kids camp all week, so I've been busy, but I have been um, watching the new season of Titans on Netflix. Oh, I'm behind on that. And, like, and, which season are you on? The latest one? Yeah, the latest one. Oh, okay. I need to watch it. I've watched seasons and, one and two. Yeah, so it's it's one of those shows where, like, it's it's good. There's things that they nail, like, dead to rights. Like, the Superboy and, and like, in season two, the Superboy and Crypto episode. Like, mm-hmm. just pitch perfect like just nailed it and then there's stuff where you're like oh, i don't know like where that came from like it's kind of it's kind of out there um uh, but i would say that it's it's 80 good but the thing that it does that drives me nuts and i think this this goes with um modern superhero movies and i would say more in more in dc than marvel is like guys stop killing our toys <laughs> I, there, there's, this, there's this thing where it's like oh it'll be really meaningful if he kills superman and i'm like but maybe it wouldn't be maybe more meaningful if he was triumphant and then something a bigger challenge arose like just write smarter than killing people off left right and center to to like create a fake a fake emotional attachment so uh, titans is great just stop killing stop killing my toys <laughs> uh i need to catch up on that that's something maybe i'll try and do that when i'm off but no i watched the first two seasons i thought it was pretty solid to be honest i thought the yeah. second season was better than the first actually um and it's got that jack reacher guy in it that you said yeah he plays uh hawk the hawk yeah. dove stuff was dynamite that should have been its own spin-off show was the hawk and dove backstory like that was brilliant i think it's really well done that um you haven't watched it have you jasmine no you it's been on my watch list forever that and doom patrol but i just haven't started them no doom patrol is so good i've heard only good things about doom patrol yeah well, maybe one day we'll cover it on here or something <laughs> but um jasmine yourself uh so i've been kind of going through sort of a backlog i guess and one of the things i picked up this week was prey which was mm-hmm. the latest predator movie that was uh a hulu original actually um right it was so good uh i really <clears throat> i really enjoyed them going back to like the earth like a totally different time period um and somehow some kind of way they made the predator even uglier than predator is normally and i was like right. was that necessary <laughs> he was so- pretty bad before yeah, I, I think that the predator the predator um, conundrum is that we'll never have a, a good predator. Like the first one came out and nobody knew what to expect. Like we didn't know what he looked like. We didn't. There was no. It was before the internet. There wasn't set photos. There wasn't spoilers. You were like, they're fighting something. We don't know what oh, yeah. it is. So there was oh, the, that, the that whole... reveal when he took that mask off in the first movie, and you're just like, oh god, that's even worse <laughs> than I imagined. Yeah. We'll, we'll never get back there again to that thing. But I think Prey came the closest to that, to that like experience of, because it was an older, pre- like like um, chronologically, it was an older predator and it was yeah. a different kind of thing you're going on. And it told a different story than what we've heard before, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was so, interesting yeah. to play up on like the the way that Native Americans would have told their stories when she was like, oh, I saw the lights in the sky and it must've been the Thunderbird. And I'm like, or a spaceship but you know hey thunderbird that works too that makes sense i get it i really enjoyed the lore behind it i enjoyed the mm-hmm. world that they built i i loved the battles um the, battles, the, the fight with the bear oh my god the, uh, like i was tense i i i think i had to pause it after that and i was like i need to walk around my apartment <laughs> for a bit like <laughs> that was just a bit much you know who was the worst though the worst 
was that like mom of the of the main character who just did not support her daughter at all and just would like tear like she was just like can you just believe in something please yeah like and then she just kick her awake i'm like really that's i mean that's something siblings do to each other like i feel like your parents shouldn't walk and like over to where you're sleeping and kick you to tell you like okay <laughs> chop chop it's time to go good morning yeah yeah i watched i watched this last year i can't remember much detail as you now but i did really enjoy the movie so um uh this week i didn't actually watch that much but i have watched a movie that came out on netflix i'm not sure how long ago it came out a month or two ago uh the mother with jennifer lopez mm. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it, either of you? Or not? Some of my watches haven't seen it yet. Uh, no, it's pretty good. Jennifer Lopez actually pretty pretty badass in it. Like, uh, pretty sad. She doesn't end up bringing up her own daughter. Her daughter kind of gets taken away from her because actually it's the right thing for her daughter. Goes gets protected because um, she's involved in some shady people. However, as these things go, you know, thirteen years go by, and these shady people find out where that daughter is, and. Jennifer Lopez gets back in, back in action, back on the saddle, and has to save her daughter's day. Oh, does she have to call John Wick and be like, "Yo, I have, I got to go back in. Like, give me some tips, man." It, go, it's very, it's in. very, it's very like much like that. But yeah, she's back in the game, and uh, but actually, she ends up kind of bonding with her daughter through having to train her daughter. Um, just like and um, so there's some scenes where she's training her daughter to, you know, use um, guns and different bits and pieces and stuff like that and, you know it's pretty cool like it's a really good film i thought jennifer lopez was really good in it and i, I liked it i i think when you get because it's so easy now when you're watching stuff at home to pick up your phone and mm-hmm. flick if you're bored or losing attention to it uh this is a film i didn't even pick up my phone i just watched the movie i thought it was good so there wasn't there was an era when we were kids where when you rented a video cassette from the the rental place yeah you were like committed to that Yes, like speaker yeah. or a, a like showcase. You were gonna watch it all. You were gonna. It, it was just like you got to watch a movie, and and like you see now, we're just like we can stop it halfway. Like we would never have stopped the movie halfway as a kid. No, not unless we didn't like most it, of I the guess. time because it was like the rewind function didn't quite work so well on the VCR. So like <laughs> if you missed something, you were you were SOL like trying to go back and figure it out. Because I remember exactly. we used to have a totally separate machine that was just for rewinding. Like we had a rewinder. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow, I didn't know you could even do those back then. Yeah, because I mean, ours was like... a red car. You put it in and it rewind it. <laughs> <laughs> ours um, was just like a boring black thing. But yeah, like because you had to rewind it before you returned it. So. Oh, do you want to hear a funny story? Actually, like before we move on. So I date. I was dating this girl. Um, this is just when DVDs came out, and we hired hired a DVD. And this is like literally we just moved from VHS to DVD. You hired a DVD. Yeah, you can, hire DVD. you can hire DVDs and VHS or rent rent them. Rent okay, them. Rent them. Yeah, that's, like rent, you hired rent. it, came over, it was real good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hire, you hired rent. it to do what? Like, no, sorry. We, we say hire as well as rent. Come on, Mark. Um, you know you have to speak American on this podcast. Okay, sorry. Or, or Canadian. And uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, we rented a DVD. But anyway, what I loved was um, that my girlfriend's mum wrote a note um, saying, please, can you make sure you rewind the DVD before you take it back? I was dying. Was I literally was dying. She was just trying to save dying. herself some money so that she wouldn't <laughs> be fined, okay? Yeah. I know, like, 
but you don't rewind DVDs. But anyway, um, so, Mark, when, but, when you were talking about the Jennifer Lopez movie, it reminded me <clears throat> this week I, I also watched on Netflix um, Nobody with oh, um, with um, Bob, 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 what's his name? Bob, Bob uh, Odenkirk. Yeah. yeah, I've not seen that, but I've heard of it. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's kind of like John Wick if it was like 30% more fun. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's so it was a movie that my wife and I both like put our phones down and were glued to. So yeah, if you haven't seen Nobody, it's worth a watch. It's fantastic. I think that came out last year or the year before. I think it's not not that old. So no, it's not. But, it just it just came on Netflix. But yeah, like just before we move on, I I what you've been saying about the VHS thing is something that's kind of been on my mind a little bit um, more recently in regards to how easy. Um, uh, media is now how disposable it is um so like i don't actually i'll show you actually hold on i don't tell i don't know i dug this out out of the garage the other day um does it work still yeah 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 like um so and i've actually been using this a little bit um and i don't have a walkman um anymore but this is this is fairly similar but i like the fact that it's not um streaming anymore so uh for those people listening sorry this is my old old uh, ipod classic and it, and it still works fine that's crazy so, i had um, a i had a third generation that i had so that fat mini one was the one that i had but i have no i would not be able to put my hands on it i've still no got the dock thing. and everything that goes into it so cool. um but yeah Anyway, here in Canada, we have a coffee shop called Tim Hortons. It's kind of like your Dunkin's in the States, and I don't know what you have in England. Um, but they have a promotion every year called Roll Up the Rim, where you roll the rim of the cup up and you can win a coffee or a donut or you can play again. And my wife in 2005 rolled the rim and she won an iPod, and it was like the big prize. It was like, you know, she like they put her paper or picture like up in Tim Hortons. It was a big deal that she won an iPod. Oh, it was, wow. like, it was, it was the prize. Wow, how times have changed. I know, back right? in the day. Like, whenever they brought a new bipod out, I went and bought it. But anyway, we should um, move on to our main event. And as Adam said, the reason we're here today is to talk about Batman and Robin, 1997. So it was written by uh, Akiva Goldsman. Uh, it's directed by uh, the late Joel Schumacher and based on characters from DC Comics created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. And it stars top billing goes to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Then we get George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, Uma Thurman, Alicia Silverstone, Michael Goh, Pat Hingle, and Elle McPherson. Uh, first appearances of these characters. So Batman was in Detective Comics 27, which came out in May 1939. Dick Grayson uh, first appears as Robin in Detective Comics 38 in 1940 or April 1940. Batgirl uh, was in Batman... 139 in 1961. Uh, Mr. Freeze was it, in um, Batman Instant Freeze, February 1966. Um, Poison Ivy, Batman 181 in June 1966. So quite a big gap, actually, with uh, Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze in terms of uh, when they appeared versus... Because we were chatting about this on the last episode, like Joker and Catwoman and... Um, those all all appeared within about a year or two of each other, and so Mr. Freeze. Well, within a year of Batman or so, yeah, these yeah, were yeah. Well, well after that, so they're late late stage Batman yeah. villains. I also wanna, I also wanna, and I, maybe I'm maybe I'm doing this early. I don't know, but 
Mr. Freeze in this movie gets a lot of hate for not being an accurate depiction of Mr. Freeze with like the Schwarzenegger accent and like the quips. And when this came out, we were used to the animated series, um, like very dour and um, yes. like painfully sorrow, like, like, oh, no emotion, right? Like he kind of played like, and I have, have a heart of ice. And he was almost not human anymore because he's so sad. If you go back and watch the old filmation Batman and Robin show, that Mr. Freeze has a German accent and is very quippy. And that came out in like the 70s. Like if if you were saying, cast this guy live action, I'm like Schwarzenegger, that's the voice. So if you go back and listen, it's very accurate, the filmation, the filmation depiction of Mr. Freeze. I was definitely one of the people in the camp of this is nothing like the Freeze from Batman the Animated Series. And also just right. personally, like there is no amount of scripting on earth that would ever make me feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger is a scientist. I'm sorry. Like I just <laughs> I that is I'm not buying it. I'm not buying Arnold as Mr. Freeze. It just ain't happening. But not for me. You you go back and you take Arnold out and you put Dolph Lundgren in, then you're your scientist. Well I'm not buying him as a scientist. Michael Fassbender, <laughs> I buy Michael Fassbender as a scientist. He could do it his, you know, he could do a German accent. Like yeah, that's probably I would, I would, that, that, works. that works. You can do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, this movie was released the 20th of June, 1997. Uh, that's not long before I actually left school. Uh, anyway, uh, running time was 125 minutes. Box office, sorry, budget, sorry, uh, was, I don't know, somewhere between 125 to 160 million. Um, at the box office, though, it made 238 million which was 100 million less than the previous movie. So I'm not particularly shocked on that. So yeah, um, this was a struggle. Uh, <laughs> Rewatching this was hard work, I'll be honest. So yeah. right, anyway, before we go any further, Jasmine likes to always give us some oh, facts. facts. Oh my gosh. Okay, so with this movie, so in the previous movie, you know, we got Joel Schumacher, he turned everything neon and Warner Brothers was like, we want to sell merchandise. And they took it to a whole new level to where they created a new word for what they wanted to do with this film. So WB was like, originally they had a totally different script in mind and they were going to do something a bit more serious. And Warner brothers was like, nah, we're not doing that. Uh, they wanted to make it quote more toyetic. Okay. Yeah. So they really, really, really wanted more merchandising, more, more, more merchandising to the point that they actually had toy manufacturers in on the production meetings and a toy manufacturer designed Freeze's weapons because they wanted to be able to just easily replicate it and sell it as merchandise later. And I was oh, like, wow. so are we making a movie or are you guys just like introducing action figures in a really long hour and a half trailer? Like it's, it's very confusing. So that they they took the merchandising to a whole new level they even spent an additional 125 million dollars on marketing on top of their budget and unfortunately that did not pay off the way that they had hoped uh this film turned out to be a flop so much so that they canceled all of their plans to do any future batman films um there was already Joel Schumacher had already been contracted for his third of the Batman films, it was going to be called Batman Unchained. And after this one flopped, Warner Brothers was like, Yeah, never mind. Sorry, man. Go do whatever it is you're going to do, but uh, it ain't going to be Batman. Uh, but 
listening to the like plot for this one, it sounded pretty interesting. So basically, the plot for Batman Unchained would have been Scarecrow and Harley Quinn team up. Harley Quinn is like the daughter of the Joker, and so she's after Batman because she wants revenge for her father. Um, and Scarecrow, of course, he's got his scare toxin and that kind of thing. So they team up and their goal is to drive Batman insane so that he gets committed to Arkham Asylum. Um, I thought that sounded like the most interesting plot that we have had in, honestly, any of the Batman films uh, so far. So uh, we never got that. But, you know, we did in 2005 finally get another version of batman when we got batman begins and surprise surprise scarecrow was the villain in that film um but yeah so this left a really 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 bad taste in warner brothers mouth to the point where they were like we don't talk about batman (laughs) casting my favorite of the fun facts casting yeah so this one i did not know about david Duchovny was actually up for the role of batman for this film uh Kilmer pulled out Kil- well Kilmer and Schumacher did not get along and Joel Schumacher was like I didn't want to work with him again anyway but because Warner Brothers was fast tracking this film it was on a two-year time frame instead of a three-year gap like the other films had been and Val Kilmer was already signed on to do the island of Dr. Moreau and so he was like uh scheduling conflict and Joel Schumacher was like sure <laughs> so David Duchovny was up for the role but Schumacher, again, he was pushing for him in the last film. Schumacher really, 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 really wanted Billy Baldwin to play Batman. And that still did not happen this time. This time we got George Clooney because he was fresh off of his success in From Dust Till Dawn, complete with the same Dust Till Dawn haircut. Um, so he ended up getting the role because they were impressed with his acting I guess in from dust till dawn. Uh, I don't see, but you know, what do I know? I don't know. I mean, I I loved him in ER at the time. That's where I knew George Clooney from. He was on ER before <laughs> before I recognized him in any of these things. Um, okay, so this was really fun to me. So some of the names that were up for Mister Freeze before Arnold, Ed Harris, Sir Anthony Hopkins, and Sir Patrick Stewart. Now, can you imagine? Like, if we had had Patrick Stewart as Mr. Freeze, that would have so been he would have, so good. He would have done the animated version of Mr. Freeze so yes, well. I agree. Right? Like, he would have, I think he would have embodied that perfectly. Yes. See, now that's the version I wanted. Because I was such yeah. a huge, huge, huge fan of the animated series. Um, that's, yeah, was that was the version I wanted. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, so, obviously, we didn't get any of them. So, we got Arnold. And they had to redesign everything. They rewrote the script uh, because Arnold refused to shave his hair, which, hey, you know, teach their own. So they had to do the ball cap and all of that stuff. His makeup and his costume were so intensive that it took them so long to get him into costume that by the time they finished getting him dressed and made up, that they did not have enough time to film because in his contract, because he has really great agents, I'm guessing, uh, he could only work 12 yeah. hours per day, period. He was not an actor that they could pull for overtime or for those 15, 16 hour days like they normally do. They only had Arnold 12 hours a day. And so they spent half that time getting him into costume. And then they only had six hours of filming that they were able to do. So wow. 
it was a lot of work to kind of get his scenes filmed. And that's a, a lot of the reason why he's not quite in this film as much. It's just they, they didn't have the bandwidth to get him in more stuff. Um, and let's see. Oh, yeah. So Schumacher said that he also liked the idea of Schwarzenegger because, quote, he wanted Mr. Freeze to look like he had been cut from a glacier. So he wanted the big meathead kind of look like he wanted the big brawny intimidating freeze versus the kind of demure, demure like, you know, scientist freeze that we got in the animated series. Uh, no one else was ever, ever, ever considered for Batgirl. It was always Alicia Silverstone. Um, but some of the other names that had come up for... I'm sorry. <laughs> some of the other names that had come up for Poison Ivy. We had Julie Roberts, Sharon Stone, and Oof. Demi Moore. Wow. And I just like, I, I, I don't know. I can't imagine any of those people. I'm as... shocked that even Uma Thurman signed up for it, to be honest. Well, she so... was up and coming. Like, this was before Pulp Fiction. This was before uh, Kill Bill. Like, it was before she had her big, big, big thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, this, yeah. this was the, the truth about cats and dogs era, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she was fairly new on the scene um we, we also have to remember though batman forever as neon as it's remembered was a hit and these batman this was like a, a train wreck of a, like a, a freight train of a franchise mm -hmm. and so i think that if anybody would have said like hey be part of a batman franchise if, yeah if nobody says no to that right because it was batman and robin that ruined batman forever right i mm -hmm. fear if this movie doesn't come out we remember batman forever more fondly because this movie, we look at all the neon and the, the sound effects and the, the toys that are clearly just like thrown in there. Mm -hmm. And it happened a little bit in Forever, but it was doubled down on here. So these two get clumped together as the neon ones. Yes. And the Michael Keaton gets clumped together as the good ones. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I think that if any actress uh, or actor was approached in, for Batman and Robin before it was made, I, they would sign up. No questions. I see, and that's why that's exactly why I want to know why Billy Baldwin kept turning it down. I, I want to know, like, why he was too busy with the sled. Actually, my favorite of the, all the Baldwins, Billy Baldwin was always my favorite. Yeah. Steven would be my second favorite. Now, I like Adam Baldwin, but he's not a Baldwin, he's a different Baldwin. <laughs> I don't think that counts. No, it doesn't count. But oh, okay, okay. he's my favorite. He's my favorite Baldwin, but he's not a Baldwin brother. It's just he's your favorite. If you were just to all say they all had the same of name, all the Baldwins yeah, yeah. in the world, of all he's the people favorite. with this last name, this one is my yeah. favorite. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just throwing it up there. Why not? Sure, just go for it. Like it's yeah. like as if you saw seven people in the same room wearing the same shirt. That guy. Yeah. Exactly. I yeah. like that one better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so that's, uh, that's all I got for behind the scenes drama for this one. I yeah. can understand Alicia Silverstone. She's like Clueless was so big, and Clueless came out in 1995, and they probably really taught me everything that I needed to know before I moved to LA. I swear to God, because when I moved to LA, ten years after Clueless, we, me, and my best friend were like, "Oh my God, they have valet parking at the grocery store." She was right. Oh my god, Cher was right. <laughs> everywhere you go has valet. Like everywhere, everywhere you go has valet. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. you don't need to put why did you still do what? She just come up with a movie um that the uh, like the 
psychological sort of crush, right? Where she was like, oh my god, where she was a, a stalker. Yes. Yeah. So she like she she was like top of the top of she the game. She was hot commodity season. at the time. She was yeah. she was like the it girl. Um, but also she got body shamed quite a bit before taking this role because they all said that she was too heavy to to be Batgirl, which is absurd. Uh, and she said she actually talked about how on set getting into the costume and all of that stuff and doing all of the fittings that even on set like she was still getting crap for her body so do better Holly. and yet they did those like it got so in the first batman Michael keaton you see him like do the belt and put yes. the cowl on yes. and like this is cool and by the time we get to this one they're just like, shots. Shots, and it's like and you're like what are we watching right now like what is yes. <laughs> what is happening to batman? exactly <laughs> like oh this movie we want to gear this movie more toward kids crotch shot i know until all this it makes me laugh that whole aiming towards kids because we had Nicole Kidman like in laundry. In the oh last my god! One. Oh and my then, god! I can't. Like, and yeah, and then this one, obviously, I love it when they put their costumes on that they show parts of the costume, yeah. and then they show, and then they always like zoom in on the ass. Like, yeah. So that's appropriate. <laughs> that's appropriate. Like, and you had a problem. You had a problem with Catwoman. Let you've just put Alicia Silverstone in rubber and zoom in on her ass. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, there's every twelve year old out there is like, yep, that's yep. it. That checks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we like to um, throw in our summary from IMDb, which sometimes we laugh at. I think we laughed at the last one actually. Yeah. Um, Amorous psychologist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a summary from IMDb for this movie. So Batman and Robin try to keep their relationship together even as they must stop Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy from freezing Gotham City. I mean, that is actually the film in a nutshell. That's a fairly good summary of the they, movie. I'd say they got that one okay. Yeah, that one was okay. They didn't throw in any 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 cliffhangers or language. twists. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um... But I, I think whoever wrote this script didn't understand a couple of things. I don't think they understand... Yeah, I would say just a couple. I don't think they understand how diamonds work. Like, I don't know if they understand what the diamonds are about. No. I don't think they understand what lasers are about. Nope. And I don't think they understand how, like, the sun works, I think, is the other thing. None of they the don't sun. get it. I don't think they've ever heard of the entire field of science. I don't think it exists right. in, in their world. Um, yeah. So, Adam, actually, we do like to give a overall thought on what we think of the movie before we sort of break down those further thoughts. Um, I thought it'd be good to hand over to you. Do you have a summary of your thoughts on this movie? So I have I have two summaries of thoughts. One is from uh, nineteen ninety seven Adam, and one is okay. from two thousand twenty three Adam. Perfect. And so to go to go back to our to go back to our conversation about VHS tapes and how media wasn't disposable at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being excited about this movie, buying the cups from Taco Bell. I remember being like pumped up that Robin was in his Nightwing costume. And that at the time was like a deep cut that not everybody understood. But you saw you're like, oh, that's kind of like it's half Robin, half Nightwing, what they're doing right now. Like, that's going to be cool. And just seeing those visuals and seeing Batgirl and like, OK, this is being excited for the movie coming off of forever, which was a, like a, it was a hit. And then you went and saw it. And I remember wanting to like it, like driving home and thinking like that was a movie. And I got to watch it and I, I I want to have liked it and it being a real struggle to like figure it out. So th- this movie, I think, was the first movie that I went to where I was like, I don't think I'm allowed to like it. Like, I don't think so. 
But when it came on VHS, I bought it. So I was like, I have the other three. I got to get this one. And I watched it again. I was like, what is that? I don't, I confirmed. I don't, I don't like this movie. Like it's, it's, it's so bad. Um, watching it as an adult, it is painful to get through. Like it is, it is a chore. Um, I, I can watch Batman forever. Um, my, so my son uh, is uh, 15 and my daughter is 12 and they love the first two Keaton movies. Like they think they're the best Batman movies out there and I don't disagree with them. And so then we watched Forever, and I was prepared to hate Forever because I hadn't watched it in years. And I was like, it's it's got some stupid moments, but it's overall watchable. Like Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey kind of chew the scenery, and you know Val Kilmer kind of does does his best. And I think Chris O'Donnell did a great job as Robin in that movie. Um, but this one, like, it's it's almost like they're characters of themselves, which are like these comic book characters, right? Like, it, it, how can Batman and Robin be that stupid? Just stupid. And fight crime. I don't understand. I don't understand like what's going on there. And this movie was so like, am I supposed to care about Elle McPherson like as a character and her like deep thoughts? I don't understand why I, she should have any gravitas or what's what's going on. Um, it was 1997 I as- and the supermodel era. Okay, they couldn't get Giselle, and so they were like, "Hey, Elle, are you busy?" <laughs> right. Right. Um, and I remember being in the theater watching this being the first time I picked out cameos. I was like, oh, there's Jesse the Body Ventura. He knows Arnold Schwarzenegger, so they, they, he must have got this movie because they're their buddies. So I was so disengaged in the movie that I was like picking out scenery and I'm like, ah, oh, just kind of like chewing through <laughs> Easter eggs. So it would, yeah. So th- this this is a hard watch is my overall synopsis of it. And I love stuff. Like I like, I like being positive about things and I'd like to talk about the good things about this movie. But overall, it is a hard watch. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember back then, I just walked out of this movie. And again, at the time, it was not like you, I could just rent this online and not have to. No, you had to actually. At, and I was a kid. So I had to get someone's parent to take me and some friends to the theater to drop us off to watch this film and then have them come back to the theater to pick us up and take. Like, it, it, it took a lot of work to get to the theater yeah. to see this movie, right? Um, and I just remember thinking, like, what have you done? Like, how how did you take one of the greatest comic book characters of all time and then make this? I just, I as a kid, I could not, I could not wrap my mind around how we went from so, Batman in '89 to this. Well, if you look at even just the the Batmobile, just to pick something in '89, it was a black matte car that blended into the night and did its job. So Batman, who's supposed to be stealthy, yeah. now has a neon spinning spiral at the front of his Batmobile. Yeah. And you're like, what? Like, what? You've missed the point of what we're trying to do here, right? Yes. yes, exactly. It just, none of it felt in in tone with the character or the world of Gotham. I will say, though, I think as far as set design, I did feel like this one went back to the sort of, uh, like, old school noir style that we yeah. got like in the Tim Burton one. So I think the set design kind of brought it a little bit back, but like they still went completely overboard with all of the neon, all of the new gadgetry, all of the Whoa. one-liners. I mean, this one was, it took everything and just went way over the top. And even like, so like you were saying when Mattel got involved or sorry, when Kenner got involved in designing things for the, for the action figures, um, they missed like so in Batman Forever, for instance, all the bat suits get blown up when the Riddler comes and blows everything up. 
And there's a conversation. Um, Valkymer says to Alfred, are all the bat suits destroyed? And he goes, all except for the one that has the sonar modifications. And so that was the one that had the broad, big bat symbol on the chest. And so it was to be it was designed to be another action figure to buy. But at least it made sense in the movie. Like, yeah, they all destroyed except for this experimental one. This one, Batgirl gets her bat suit on like Thursday at six. And then they have a battle. And then Friday at three, she's got like a new upgraded one that fits in with Robin and Batman's new upgraded one. Like they were coming out as a trio. And I'm like, well, where did this come from? And there's no explanation behind it. It's just like, we need to do a costume change for the sake of doing a costume change. And, and stuff like that. And she had and her little eye patch Cowell, thing. take it off. Because we yeah, want two action Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. And, and, but just give, I'll, I'll, I'll go there with you, but just give me a line like, Tim, Oh, we, we got to put our anti-freeze suits on. I, okay. I'm in. I, I'll yeah. go down that road. With you, but yeah. Don't yeah. tell me. Nothing. Fine. Um, uh, yeah. I, I'm a bit like you, Adam. I remember like night, I can remember 1997. I actually do remember where I watched this movie and I, 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 I remembered where I watched Batman Returns. I didn't remember forever, but I do actually remember with this one. I watched this, um, I know neither of you two will know it, but I watched this in a, I watched this in a cinema in Richmond, which is in London. Um, so it's just sort of on the outer London. I remember watching it with a friend of mine called Simon. And in 1996 is when I started getting into comics and becoming a big fan of, of that of that world. So as a comic book fan, I was going into this movie like full of high expectations. So, uh, and at the time, Batman Forever, I don't think, so Batman Forever, I think, didn't really bother me too much as a kid. I sort of, you know, kind of accepted that was what, what we got as movies. It's obviously only as we've got older, we've seen that they can do more with these properties. So, Batman Forever, I probably enjoyed it. And I was excited to go to Batman and Robin. And sort of, there was points in this movie that I thought were okay. And then there's good chunks of it. At the time, I wasn't willing to accept that they were awful. So I remember walking out kind of like my friend Simon, I remember, was like, that was crap. I was like, no, 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 it's not. <laughs> uh, you know, like, because I wanted to defend this movie because I was a comic book fan. And, um, and, I, and I, even as I was walking out there, I was like, well, there were some good one-liners in there. And, you know, and there was bits I enjoyed. And, you know, may maybe at the time, I think I did enjoy it. And then as years have gone on <laughs> and reflection and maturity have kicked in uh somewhat i i uh, so last night i rewatched this film for the first time in quite a long time and i realized how painful this movie is mm -hmm. just that there's one thing though i do have to give it props for setup there was like the setup of the satellites at the beginning that then got used later on and i do admire there was at least a tiny bit of thought put in to regards to setup like i do like it when they set things up well um unlike when they suddenly middle of the movie go oh by the way i can do this and like you know uh i can make planes invisible and um We're not, we don't talk about that movie <laughs> so, um you know what i mean don't you adam <laughs> so, okay just checking and um anyway i i thought that the, the script was paper thin and you know a lot of it was paper thin to be honest with you and and the acting was fairly dire all round um but uh, it hasn't aged well either so not but and it hasn't aged well and i really would say i 
very strongly dislike this movie. However, there, there are parts in there that are okay. So that's my I summary. To, I need to say something that I think is, and again, I try to be, I try to be a positive, a positive guy. Yeah. Where we're going. Um, we've talked about this movie now for a while, for a long time, and we haven't mentioned Bane. Oh well, yeah, no, we're good. Oh, Bane I was going to move in. Well, not in this one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I was going to be. So I actually, this is part. Of the next part I go into is like the characters in the movie. And um, I don't know whether I was even going to mention Bane, but we will mention Bane. So, Happy. like, yeah. So we will mention Bane. So there, there's obviously the main characters. Obviously, we've got Batman and Robin, and actually Alfred actually plays a much bigger and vital plot point in this movie. <laughs> and they kind of retconned uh, Barbara's origin that she's somehow related to alfred rather than being the son of commissioner gordon yeah our uncle alfred that wasn't nonsense even at the time that was a nonsense yeah i mean Um, they gave her the same name but we never got her last name so we have no idea barbara who like we don't know what barbara you are yeah probably gordon i um (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway obviously we've got our villains in um poison ivy and mr freeze and now to come on to the side characters around Ivy, the person who created Ivy was actually Lionel Luther Lionel from Luther. Smallville. Yeah, Lionel Luther from Smallville, which I thought was cool. When I rewatched that last night, I'd forgotten all about that. I was like, Lionel Luther's in this movie. Uh, <laughs> and he kills it. He does a great job. He should have got an Oscar for his role. Yeah. He does a really good job. Um, and Bane. Bane is in this movie. And I, around that time, had read nightfall and night's end in graphic novel form and i at the time thought this is pretty cool that bane is in this movie so yeah i i tell you what i normally ask around this point if you have a favorite character but would you like to just talk about bane for a bit adam so nightfall had just yeah. come out and so i was i was yeah. in uh grade 11 10 mm-hmm. grade 10 at this point in time and so that was like you know dark knight returns nightfall these like real kind of gritty superhero stories that were like valid stories to us and so bane being this like super intelligent like like viable threat to batman or like they're gonna get him on the big screen and being like excited about that and i remember not believing the the press of like oh it's stupid bane stupid i'm like no bane's great they just don't get him and then watching it and i was like this why do we this could have been any nameless yeah. thug any any dude any dude with any dude. souped up acid juice don't don't like they could have made it a teaser where they they tried the the venom serum on somebody and then bane at the end of it get like a teaser that gets a hold of it and this guy and you're like okay like a luchador comes on and finds it but it it was it was painful to watch him just mm-hmm. like mutter like just like be inaudible like it was it was crazy. And the, even that the setup of like international people bidding on the thing and there's like a seller on the phone. I was like, what is going on right now? Like, what? this is not anything like we're talking about. And so I remember at, at this time between Bane and Barbara and um, Mr. Freeze being different, being like, oh, they don't care about source material. Like, this is the first time where I was like, like, I didn't care in 89 that joker killed batman's parents oh my god it works for me because i didn't know any better but this was the first movie where i was like oh it would be better if they didn't do this with my favorite characters and bane was a character who's fresh and new and they just crapped on him i was like you actually i had read night's end and nightfall uh around that time and i was i was excited 
about Bane and how awful Bane Bane's uh, movie version, well, first attempt at a movie version. Obviously, we got a much better Bane in the Christopher Nolan trilogy, but this Bane was just so dire. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, it like you say, like... I think this could have been Thug Number Three, and it would have yeah, been fine. Exactly. But they just wanted yeah. to take that name. So, Batman, sorry, Bane is like almost like Batman's big, one of Batman's biggest villains. He's the guy yeah. who broke broke Batman's back in the comics, and yeah. Yeah, it's such a huge event. Like Batman actually, sorry, I remember even Bruce Wayne in the comics left Gotham City and handed the mantle over to Azriel, and yeah. it was a huge, huge thing uh, at the time. And we have this joke of a Bane. Yeah, no, I, I'm like you. I agree. This is it is a disappointing yeah, use of, of Bane. So this probably doesn't mean as much to you, Jasmine. But like, no, it, it was disappointing because I mean I had not read the those books yet um i was still a little bit behind you guys so I have you read the, the have you read them later still, on mm -mm. Oh, okay. no but i was still in middle school but i knew that bane was the guy that broke batman's back i knew that going into it and yeah. so like when when that scientist was all like and he's the brain of humanity and i was like Woo! and then it was very much like oh <laughs> this he's is, a joke yeah this is not at all what uh i had in mind at all so so actually circle back do you, did you have a favorite character adam from this at all so i i think um as as rough as it is the only somewhat redeemable character in this movie was chris o'donnell's robin i think that uh his his outfit looked the best and i think that he he was like a character that kind of somewhat was salvageable that's what i chose chris last time actually what about you jasmine ivy because Uma Thurman was the only person that didn't phone it in. She I... took the cheese to a whole new level. She was just all in on the ridiculousness. She was over the top. She, I mean, she was just like in it. And she was in that space the whole time. And it was just like, by the time we got to the end of the movie, I was like, well, I mean, I guess I just have to accept the overacting. Like, this is this is par for the course for this film. And I just really felt yeah. like she was the one that like kept, kept it steady the whole time. So I, if I had to pick a favorite, I'm picking Poison Ivy for this one. I, I thought Uma Thurman was like, everybody else was in a movie and she was like on a stage play, like just being so big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So like she, so she was that person yeah. that like, someone cast you as an extra, but like you move in every scene. And so like you take away yeah. from the main characters. Like, so eventually you just, and I say that as watching it this time, I think probably my first time through, uh, Alfred actually would have been my favorite character in this film. Uh, How do you think kid. it would feel? I think it would feel to be Michael Go when he was in the 89 Batman movie as alfred and he's also in this movie's alfred do you, do you think he's like what is this going like how do we get from there to here well i think like if you go look at his imdb after he did this he only ever did british period pieces after this <laughs> i'm just wondering if like this film was he was just like i'm too old for this shit i'm not doing any of this ever again like i'm over it just i did say me. i did say in one of the previous ones so we've been working our way through the batman films I kind of see like Batman and Batman Returns as like one Earth, mm -hmm. and then Batman Forever as another Earth, and then Batman and Robin as another Earth, and somehow the only real consistency is Alfred across like yeah. all of them. Well, Alfred actually, and Commissioner Gordon, Commissioner Gordon, Commissioner yeah. Gordon, yeah, Commissioner Gordon, yeah. Other than those, those two are the only 
but then but somehow you do have that on the variety of you know if you look at the amazing spider-mans you know um all the spider-mans look different um other than um crap i forgot his name the head of the daily bugle he's like the same actor and all so he he's like alfred basically so i i kind of view these as separate franchises really that's the only way to look i know i know realistically they are the same franchise but they're just so disconnected and like you say how do we get from there to here so um for me i think so my favorite character was actually mr freeze uh arnold schwarzenegger he is the king of the one-liners whether he's terminator or whether he's mr freeze Nobody sends yeah. you to the cooler or whatever, you know, like uh, the Iceman cometh. And uh, he's just so, so many great one-liners. And uh, yeah, and it was just, I don't know. It, well, I just want to circle back for a second. I've done a little research and I've brought up the credits uh, of the movie. And um, Alicia Silverstone played Batgirl slash Barbara Wilson. Ah. Who the heck is Barbara Wilson? <laughs> I don't know, but it's not Barbara Gordon. Barbara Wilson. Barbara Wilson. Okay, well. This is definitely Earth 8083. Yeah, Yeah, on IMDb, yeah, you're right. It says Barbara Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't mention that in the movie at all. No. And uh, but yeah, no, they do. I don't remember them mentioning her surname at all. So Mm -hmm. they must have just thrown that up there. Right. Okay. Um, We'll quickly try and run this uh bring this to a close but before we go before we do bring it to a close obviously I'd like to try and touch on any of the uh, the structure of it um yeah the writing if you have any favorite scenes uh and or if there's anything you'd probably cut or change adam is there anything like that you want to add in um if i was gonna there's two things i'd cut if i if i was given magic wand to make this a better movie i would cut all the like extra like cartoon sound effects like the like all those extra things they put into this movie that were ripped right from a cartoon like why are those happening right now like what's that about um Mm -hmm. there's also a scene that's awful um (laughs) where robin's fighting poison ivy and there's this big flower like this big flowers attacking everybody and he gets sucked into the pool and then comes back out and they just reverse the footage. He falls in, yes. and then they re- reverse it, and he comes out. I'm like, get that out of there! I remember being in the theater, being like, what? What is this? Amateur hour? Get out of there! Yeah, listen, they were tr- they were trying to fast track everything. They were like, we don't have time. We don't have time. Just just flip it. It's fine. Nobody will notice. <laughs> They're not gonna know. We don't have time for you to get out of the water. No. For all not we know, probably. he's still there. Probably. <laughs> probably. Uh- so, um, and did you have any favorite scenes at all in the movie? Uh, favorite scenes. Uh, I liked the. I thought the motorcycle race was great. Like I thought that was a cool little action mm-hmm. piece. Like that, that was a step a step away from you know the the zaniness of Bane and Mister Freeze and all that nonsense. It was just kind of like I, I would have liked more um, Barbara Dick stuff. Like that that was kind of a cool relationship that they just kind of just like did one scene and then painted it over with like oh they're going to be weird now but i liked i liked the motorbike scene that was good mm-hmm. what age does it um okay so favorite scene i would say when poison ivy went to arkham to visit or break out freeze and just the way that she walked in to the cell i was like 
this bitch is crazy. I kind of love it. Like she was, she was just so wild to me. Like she was so out mm-hmm. there and she just seemed so unhinged, but like nobody else seemed to get it. And I get, she had like the little pheromone thing that she was uh, breathing onto people, but like just it's, it's, it was like, she was so out of place in this movie. And it was like, but why doesn't anybody notice this? Like why, why right. don't we, why is no one talking about it? I feel like it's the elephant in the room. So basically, I was just like kind of enamored with how awkward and odd and just out there that character was. And everybody was just like, yeah, that's normal. It's fine. We're just going to roll with it. <laughs> like, okay, great. Okay, I, I guess I'm on the same page. Uh, what would I cut or change? I can't even. Like, I just. <laughs> Act two and three. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I honestly. When when I first heard that they had cast George Clooney in this film, my first thought, again, my introduction to George Clooney was ER. And in ER, he was a very serious doctor. Like, he he was very debut. There was no funny anything, right? And so when they cast him, I was like, isn't he a bit, like, too boring to be that? Because, like, I feel like... Yes. With, with Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton had done a lot of comedy in addition to the serious stuff that he had done before. So, like, you got a good balance. Val Kilmer also did – my favorite Val Kilmer movie is uh, Real Genius. Like, Val, I knew Val Kilmer could be funny, but I also knew Val Kilmer could be serious. Like, to me, at the time, it didn't feel like George Clooney had the range to play the role. And so it was just mm-hmm. like, I don't, underst- I don't understand why you're here. And so, like – and especially – okay, okay, I found it. I found it. The thing I would cut – is is him telling Alfred that he loved him. Now, I understand, like, that to me was something that didn't need to be said out loud. So the scene right. with Bruce sitting on Alfred's bed as, like, Alfred is, you know, they finally realize he's been diagnosed with the same disease that Freeze's wife has. And he's just like, I love you. And Alfred's like, I love you too, Master Bruce. And I'm just like, no. McGregor's like, syndrome. Yeah, McGregor's syndrome, yeah. that's yeah. it. I was just like, this is... I don't ever, I have never in my life, in any iteration of Batman, ever doubted how much Batman loved Alfred. But this scene of him saying it out loud is like the most un-Batman thing that could have ever been put into a film. Well, Keaton did a great job of differentiating between Batman and Bruce. And Val Kilmer did an okay job of differentiating Batman and Bruce. George didn't know that there was two characters. No. He played everything the same, which is something that Market said. Like he just everything was the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I don't think there's well, I think Val Kilmer kind of played them the same as well. I don't think he I think Michael yeah, actually that's something I said in the last episode. Michael Keaton did a good job and um uh, uh what's his name in the Christopher Nolan film? Oh Christian Bale. Bale. Christian Bale and Michael Keaton, I felt did a good job of playing the both roles differently. Um, where I think Val Kilmer and George Clooney were the same. Batman or Bruce, I, I felt they were the same. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the cut change thing that I ask, there's a lot I would have cut or changed. Uh, if I could have changed something, I would have uh, probably have not cast George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could have cut something, I would have. There's a lot I would have cut out. I would have actually cut out everything to do with Poison Ivy, just all of it. Um, I actually do think it's a lot stronger when you just work with one main villain. So yeah. uh, rather than the unnecessary team up things that they do, which they've been doing since the second one, uh, I would have cut everything out to do with Poison Ivy and just actually you could have had a much stronger storyline with Mr. Freeze and his wife and that kind of stuff. Uh, that, that's my thoughts. So it would have been a massive rework on the script. 
Uh, you know, one of my favorite scenes, and it is really, really terrible as well. But when George Clooney and um, uh, sort of Batman and Robin are up, it's right at the very beginning. They're on like Mister Freeze's rocket thing, and they punch the doors out, and they start surfing Air through surfing. the sky, Air surfing. like. Air surfing through the sky, and I think one of them says "surfs up." And, uh, no, Robin, he, I says think he says "cowabunga." Yeah, he says "cowabunga." He says "cowabunga." Yeah, he says "cowabunga," and like, and when I love the bit where Robin sees the diamond and he does like this whole whole weird backflip thing on the board, like to grab the diamond, and uh, like it's just so unrealistic, but it's brilliant, and it's it's like Power Rangers. I swear that came out the same. Yeah, I think Power Rangers came out in nineteen ninety seven. And it's just like they did a similar thing jumping out the planes in the uh, with the boards, but at least they have parachutes. Like these, well, they did it. They actually planes. did it. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they did it and everything. But no, this it was it was it was it was a really ridiculous scene, but I loved it. Just like it was it, that that I was okay with. So um... the the most cringy moment for me was when they're falling, and then Robin reaches out and like saves Batgirl, and he's like, "I got you." And then they fall again, and then she saves him. She's like, "No." I've got, got you. you. What <laughs> is this you're watching right now? <laughs> oh, I, I love those guys. Oh, yeah, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came out in 1995. So maybe they took inspiration from that from that scene, which wouldn't surprise me, if I'm honestly. So. I think in the Power Rangers movie, the, the five regular Power Rangers were just skydiving, and then the White Ranger had the surfboard. I yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he Tommy had the, had the board. Yeah, you're right. right. So. Um, you know that, that um, he's unfortunately he's gone, but um, David Jason Frank holds the record for number of boards broken while skydiving. Oh wow, I didn't know that. What a record! There's a video. He, like, he jumps, he's skydiving, he's like punching boards and breaking boards as he's skydiving. The guy was legit. Oh, he had a studio and everything here in town. Um, yeah, no, he was he was great. Yeah. Um. Oh, so. We'll bring this thing, this this thing. We'll bring I'm our so our interested run. to see what the ratings are here. Uh, uh, we'll bring our Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher franchise, uh, Batman franchise, to a close now with this episode. And as we do, we're gonna we're gonna rate it out of five. And I think it's only fair that Adam goes first. What would you rate this movie out of five, Adam? Oh, uh, negative one. It was it was <laughs> it, 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 it's it's a chore. It's a chore. And I love Batman. And I love comic book movies. And like the I wanted to love it. so it, it would be a one on the movie, but it, it gets negative one because it broke my heart because I wanted to love it. <laughs> I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Yeah, I could definitely You were the chosen one. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and Jasmine, what would you rate this movie? No, this one for me, this one gets a zero. Like it's just I I did I never liked it when it first came out, and it's even worse now i just nothing i don't know i i just know it's a zero mm -hmm. yeah it's a zero for me as well so it's a it's not a good round for them now <laughs> of the of the terrible films we've seen this year uh we've seen man thing and spawn and how the dark and uh jonah hex like where do you think this fits jasmine now listen i keep telling you i'm not gonna put spawn in that category i love spawn <laughs> Okay, I it, it was not a great film, but I love Spawn. Um, Spawn at least tried to do something different, and it, and it was exactly the movie that they were trying to make. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it was the character that I was familiar with. 
There, there was yeah. nothing about Spawn that felt unfamiliar. Okay, out of those Spawn, I take the Spawn away. Then the other movies. That uh, this is still Does not as be... bad as Man Thing. No, Man Thing is still the worst comic book worst... film you've ever seen. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, yeah. have you seen Man? This, this I, would... Close second. I would say Jonah Hex is a end fight scene away from being a decent movie. Like... I enjoyed Jonah Hex as well. So Jonah Hex was great until there was that weird like and fight scene where it wasn't really happening and it was like right. that was if they just would have shot a regular fight scene jonah hex would be a very watchable good movie have you seen man thing adam i have so would you the... say man thing is better or worse than this film oh man thing is 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 worse than this film but it <laughs> hurt, it hurt me less yeah but yeah 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 i can see that so where you feel like batman uh, and robin came and like stole your lunch money whereas man thing was just a terrible film it was a terrible well, film well, and i didn't well, care i didn't care that it was a terrible well, film batman and robin was a pretty girl that said they would go to prom with me and the day before said no i changed my mind that's yeah. what batman and robin was yikes <laughs> yikes so batman and robin is like your carry moment yeah i was just like this is gonna be great and it wasn't Oh, oh no! Look what I you did, Batman and Robin. I can sympathize actually with that. With Man Thing, it was a terrible film, and I didn't care. Mm. But, but I, I actually sympathize with that Batman and Robin was a terrible film, and it, and I did care. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Adam, thank you for joining us yeah, on thanks. this episode. It's yeah, been it's a while. Been I love hanging out with you guys. We'll have to not leave it so long. So we'll see you next week. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, we are kind of closing out. We take a break over August, but we're going to give you one last episode, and it's been quite a while. So next week we are bringing back our book club, which we haven't had since December, uh, and uh, we're hoping to make it slightly more regularly uh, after this. So we uh, next episode, late to the party, returns, and we will be reviewing Fantastic Four: Full Circle, which came out last year. Um, you can also check us out on social media. We are Geeks Unleashed everywhere: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Adam, where can they find you? You can find me on uh, Go Figure on YouTube or Instagram. And uh, yeah, come check us out. Awesome. Uh, and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast: Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friend. That's right. And we didn't break anybody's heart today, so don't give us a negative one review. Yeah, no. None of that. <laughs> none of that. Unacceptable. Oh. Don't give us the Batman and Robin treatment. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Have a good week. Good journey. Oh yes, good journey.